Hey, aren't you thankful for CJ and our band for leading us in worship this morning? Uh, well, we are beginning a new series this morning on heaven, and I really want to encourage you to try to be here um, every week of this if you can, because probably every week you're going to have more questions than answers, and this is a great time to be in a small group. If you still haven't plugged into a small group, there's still time. There's one that meets pretty much every night of the week, um, but we're going to have some interesting discussion, but I want to start with a, a statistic that I found. Um, this was actually a poll that was done last year, so it's very, very recent, and it was a national poll, and what they found was is 73% of Americans believe there is a heaven, and interesting, you would think this would be like even only 62% of Americans believe there's a hell. So we definitely think there's a heaven. Not so sure about hell. We're almost like 50-50. But what's even more interesting is of those 73, more than 90% of the people believe they're going to heaven. Now, you might think that this was a study that was just done of Christians, but it wasn't at all. Actually, it was about 50-50. There were about 50% of the people who took this poll that had no religious affiliation at all. So here's what that tells us. That tells us that whether you're Christian or not, whether you go to church or not, most Americans believe that heaven is real, that when you die, there's a heaven. And of that, most Every single one of those people, I mean 90%, that's pretty high up there, they all believe that they are going to be there. So probably most of this crowd represents even better than that. You probably believe that there's a heaven. You probably believe that you're going to go there. So here's my follow-up question is this. Are you excited about heaven? I mean, let me just, let's just think about this. I mean, are you like, I can't wait to go there. I mean, I am so excited. Woohoo! I think I'm going there. I know it exists, and I just can't wait. Or let me put it in a scenario for you. If you went to the doctor tomorrow, and the doctor said, I've got some really bad news. You only have about a month to live. Would you go, yippee, that is the best news I've ever heard, doc. And the doc would say, why in the world, you're going to die. And you turn to the doc and go, no, no, doctor, I'm not. I believe there's a heaven, and I believe I'm going there. So I am so excited because I basically just jumped the line by like 30 years. So I am just so pumped. You just high-five the doctor, and you run home, and you go, honey, guess what? I got the best news ever. I'm going to heaven in the next 30 days and your wife's like oh honey I'm so proud of you that's exciting that's awesome yeah I got 30 days to wrap things up so I'm gonna call my mama real quick and tell her I love her but I'm, a, I'm going to heaven woohoo is that how you would be no come on now be honest with me all right that's not what you would be like at all You'd call me and you'd be like, Pastor, you know what you do? And then I'd start crying with you is what would happen. And I'd be like, no, Derek, don't go. You know what I mean? That's how it would be. But here, see, here's the thing. We're not, we're not excited about heaven. As a matter of fact, we're, we don't even like to talk about it. I mean, some of you, you, you have a birthday and I see it pop up on Facebook. And I'll say, hey, happy birthday to you. How old are you? And you go, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about how old I am, right? And the thing is, is that we, are, we all think we're going to heaven, right? Well, let's put it this way, right? Most people think they're going there, but most people don't like to think about going there. Now, don't you think that that's a little weird? 
Don't you think that that's a little odd? I mean, if most people believe there's a heaven, and most people believe that they're going there, why don't we like to think about it? Why is it that when, it, when we think about heaven and when we talk about heaven, it, it, the feeling that we get is kind of comparable to like the DMV. I know I gotta go there. I'm just trying to put it off as long as possible. I mean, should heaven really feel like that? I mean, to be with Jesus, to be with God for eternity? I mean, even if I say that, some of you cringe. You're like, yeah, forever. I forgot that part was in there. Ah, why? Why is that? And that's why we're going to talk about this. That's why we're going to have this series. Because the truth is, is that if most of us were honest and free of judgment from other people, most of us would say, I'm not excited about heaven. And the reason is this, is because heaven sounds boring. Can I get an amen? See, I just said what many of you were thinking. The truth is is that we don't get excited about heaven. We don't want to think about heaven because if I were honest, heaven sounds really, really boring. I mean, some of us have heard rumors of what heaven might be like. We've heard ideas of what heaven might be like. And some of us have heard the idea that heaven is going to be like an eternal worship service. And again, some of you would go, Pastor, I'll be honest with you, that sounds a lot like hell to me. Because what are we going to do, Pastor? We're going to gather together around God and go, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come love this place and fill the atmosphere. How long does this go on? Is, is hell still an option? I don't know if I want to do this anymore, right? I mean, that's what you think heaven's going to be like. And seriously, if you're honest, you're like, is that what happens? Do we just turn into like zombies and just worship God and like sway back and forth in our new bodies? Like, is that what happens? Heaven sounds boring. Francis Chan, he wrote a book called Crazy Love. It's a, it's a great book. I love, I love Francis Chan. I love, I love Crazy Love. It's kind of like a, the millennials, like, you know, Christianese uh, book that we run to. But he painted an interesting picture. He talked about heaven for a microsecond. And he said this in his book, Crazy Love. He goes, what if heaven is nothing more than you and Jesus alone in a room together for eternity. And with all due respect, Francis Chan, shut up. (laughs) Because again, I love Jesus with all my heart and soul, but I don't want to spend an eternity with anybody alone in a room. I mean, if you put me and my wife alone in a room for 24 hours, one of us is going to end up in heaven. Because... (laughs) That doesn't sound like a great heaven to me either. But I remember when he said this, I read this like, good grief, I read this like 16 years ago, and I was like, oh, Francis, that, I don't know. I don't know if I want that. I mean, geez. And then there's all kinds of other concerns. I actually, I put a Facebook post out there, and you guys, wow, you guys throw some really hippy-dippy stuff at me. I mean, I, you guys, I, I, am, I had a lot of work on this series, but some of your concerns are this. What about no marriage in heaven? Am I married in heaven? I mean, right? This is a legitimate concern. Some of you are a little anxious about this. I mean, I've spent, now for some of you, this is really good news, okay? I mean, if there's no marriage in heaven, you're like, thank you, God. I mean, whoo, free at last, free at last. You know what I mean? But anyway, you don't have to say amen to that. It's okay. Put your hand down over there. I see it in the corner. Anyway, but I mean, no marriage in heaven. I, I spent my whole life with this person. I gave him my life. And are you telling me that when I get into heaven, we're not married anymore? 
I mean, what's, what does that look like? Will I approach them and be like, oh, honey, it's me, it's me, I made it, I made it. And he's going to be going, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Are you with me? No, I'm singing my song, leave me alone, right? Is it going to be like that? Is there going to be marriage in heaven? Are we going to get to do that one thing in heaven, or is that just like an earth thing? You know what I'm talking about. Bow, check a bow, bow, yeah. Is that in heaven? I'm going to answer that next week. So if there was a reason to come to church, next week is the week. Velda, woo, woo, all right? That's the week to come, okay? But is marriage in heaven? Because I'm a little nervous about that. And here's the big question. Here's the big one. What about my family members? What about my friends who aren't going to be there? Because again, if we were honest, right? If we were honest, we'd say, Pastor, I'll be, man, if my family's not going to be there, I don't know about my spouse. I don't know if my spouse believes. I don't know if my spouse has the faith. I, I don't know if my kids do. And I'll be honest, if my family's not going to be there, if my friends aren't going to be there, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be there too. I mean, it's a legitimate question. That's a legitimate concern. And I'm going to answer that on week three. So let's be honest. A lot of us, we, we think we're going to heaven, but we're nervous about it. And we're, we're, not, we're not so excited about it. We have a lot of questions. There's a lot of things we've heard. There's a lot of things we've seen in movies. There, there's a lot of things we've read in books. And, and we just don't know. Now, there are a group of you in, in, in the room watching online who are very excited about heaven, right? You're very excited about heaven. And I would be willing to bet that the people who are currently excited about heaven, they grew up in church, Okay? And let me tell you why they're excited about heaven, especially the older generation. I'm not trying to pick on you, but older generation, even some of my generation too, you were told that when you get to heaven, you are going to get a mansion, right? You're getting, see, Larry Ware's already giggling because he knows, you can hear it, right? You're going to get a mansion, and the driveway is going to be made of gold. You know, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be like lifestyle of the rich and famous. And great is your reward in heaven, right? And I mean, we know that these people who are excited about heaven, they know I'm going to get a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. A big, big table with lots and lots of food. A big, big yard where we can play football. Touchdown. Big, big house. It's my father's house. Okay, the people that were just singing around you, they grew up in church. Okay? Me and Pastor Carrie, we were like, hey, 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 right? That's teen camp, 1996, right there, right? Because we used to sing that song. That's what we used to sing about. That's what worship used to look like, like 20 years ago, because we'd sing about our big house we were getting with our big, big table with food and our big, big yard to play American sports in, you know? It didn't matter if you don't like football. You're playing it in heaven, folks. And that's what we got excited about. That plus Disney told us that all dogs are going to heaven. So I mean, win, win, win. So I mean, the faith that we grew up in, the church that we grew up in, said you should get excited about heaven because you're gonna be living large. You're gonna be living lifestyles of the rich and famous, plus all your enemies are going to hell. You're like, whoa, whoa, it's the American dream, right? But here's the thing. When it comes to heaven, when it comes to heaven, we're all a little wrong. We're all a little wrong. 
whether you grew up in church like I did, like many other people did, whether you grew up in church or whether you, or whether you didn't grow up in church at all, but you've heard rumors and you've heard ideas and different things like that, it's all gotten a little skewed. We've all gotten it just a little bit wrong. But we've gotta talk about this. We've gotta have this conversation. And the reason is this, is you know this, you live toward what you look forward to, right? You always live toward what you look forward to. I mean, remember when you got engaged? When you get engaged and you set that date for your wedding, it's all about that day, right? I mean, you live toward that day. It's like, when's my wedding day? When's my day? When's my day at the altar? You live toward that because you look forward to it. And I mean, it's whether your money or your finances or whatever it may be, you live toward that day. Some of you, you look forward to retirement, right? You look forward to retirement, and so you're living towards that, right? You're saving for that, you're, you're investing, you're, you're watching everything, you're watching your investments because you're living toward being able to retire because you look forward to it. Or that vacation, you know, when you get that vacation on the calendar, you get that beach vacation, you get that Disney vacation, and you're like, man, I am looking forward to this so, so much. What do you do? You live towards that. I mean, some of you, you get your phone out, they've got those awesome apps that like count down the days. You get that app out, and you're like, oh my goodness, 45 days. The speeds are going to Disney this week. They're like, oh my goodness, five more days, five more days till we get to go to Disney. Because when you look forward to something, you live toward it. Well, here's the worry. Here's the concern. It's this. If you don't look forward to heaven, you won't live toward heaven. If you don't look forward to heaven, you won't live toward heaven. And my concern as a pastor is that we aren't looking forward to heaven because some things have gotten twisted, because we've been told some things that aren't necessarily true, because we haven't actually studied and looked at all of the scripture and looked at what heaven could possibly be like. But I think if we did, I think if we kind of cracked this egg and unpacked it and looked at all of the different scriptures and all the different little points in time where, where Jesus gave people some clues, that we would look forward to it, and if we looked forward to it, we would live toward it. And so that's what we're gonna talk about the next couple weeks. And I'll just give you a precursor. We're gonna, next week, we're gonna unpack um, we're gonna unpack heaven. We're gonna unpack what heaven looks like. And then the, the week after that, we're gonna talk about the ramifications for that and, and talk about who's going to heaven, how do you get to heaven, and all that jazz. But for this week, I wanna talk about Paul. Because Paul, when he wrote his letters, he told people to, to look forward to heaven. And he wrote one letter in particular to the church in Colossae. If you don't know where Colossae is, it's about 100 miles from Ephesus in Asia Minor. And it's a church um, that Timothy and Paul had planted. And so there's one point in time where, again, Paul's in jail. He and Timothy, they write a letter together, together to the Christians in Colossae. It's called Colossians in your New Testament. It's a really short book. You should read it sometimes. And he writes this letter, and at the very beginning... This is what he says. He says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Here's what he's saying. This is a really fancy way of saying, since you've become a Christian, since you've become a follower of Jesus, now that you call yourself Christian, 
then there's something that should happen in you. So that's just a fancy way of saying it. Since you've become a Christian, this. And this is what he says. Since then you have been raised with Christ. So set your heart on things above. Set your heart on heaven. Set your heart on things above. That Greek term right there, if you looked up the Greek that this was originally written in, set your heart. It was a Greek phrase, and everybody knew what that meant. Set your heart in the Greek meant to focus on, to understand, to look forward to, 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 to put a marker there and to, and to look forward to going there, there. Set your clock. Set your clock and anticipate. So he's saying anticipate. Look forward. Try your best to understand and get excited about what? About heaven. And this is so, so very important. Even for us right now in the present. We're, we're going to talk about this next week. There, we're going to talk about how there are actually three realms of heaven. See, I, I know this is already like, what? I never heard this before. This is something my wife was like, what are you talking about? There are actually three realms of heaven. And one of those realms of heaven is heaven on earth right now. There's a present day heaven and there's a future heaven, but there's also heaven on earth earth. We can right now, as mortals, experience a little bit of heaven. And, and you know this. We have sayings about this, right? You know, when you ever taste a, a piece of food and you're like, oh my goodness, it tastes like what? It tastes like heaven, right? Or if you ever went to a, a certain place and it was just so perfect, it was just so great, you're like, oh my goodness, it's like a little slice of heaven. But Jesus even told us that when we pray, we should pray about experiencing heaven on earth. When Jesus taught us to pray, he said this. He says, on earth as it is in heaven. He told us when you pray, when you pray that God's kingdom would come, that God's will would be done, that you would say, help us today to have heaven here on this earth. And here's why this is so important, is that if you don't have your heart set on heaven, if you aren't looking for it, if you aren't anticipating it, if you aren't excited about it, you will miss those little glimmers of hope that God gives us here on this earth in our lifetime. There are times and there are experiences and there are opportunities where a little bit of heaven comes down to earth. And you know what I'm talking about? It's those little pictures with people that you love. It's those little pictures where you see brokenness healed. It's those little pictures where you just see God's glory just pop through in the middle of a, an experience or in the middle of a season. And you're like, oh my goodness, this is so great. This is so glorious. This is so God-filled. It's like we're seeing just a little, little preview of heaven on earth. You know what I'm talking about? If we don't have our minds set on heaven, then we'll miss those opportunities. We won't even see those. We'll go, oh, well, that's just a coincidence. Or, oh, well, yeah, that was cool. And then others of us, though, when we have our eyes open to heaven and we're looking for heaven and we see it, we go, oh, my goodness, that is just the grace of God. That right there, that is just why God is so good. But you've got to have your eyes open to see those moments where heaven comes down to earth for just a few seconds and gives us a small preview of just what eternity is going to look like. So Paul says you've got you to set your heart on heaven. 
You gotta anticipate it. You gotta be excited about it. You gotta look forward to it. And then he says this. He kind of gives us the why. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Now that you're a Christian, set your hearts on heaven, on the things above. Why? Because it's where Christ is. It's where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Now, I know this is something that, that people get caught up on, something they're worried about. We, we think that heaven is going to be boring because we've, we've been told that kind of a, a version of this, that, that heaven is going to be all about God. It's going to be God-centered, God-focused. All eyes are going to be on Jesus and, and about his glory, and we're going to give praise, and we're going to worship his name. And, and to us, we translate that as, as boring worship service. But let me tell you something. Nothing about heaven is going to be boring. I'm going to explain exactly what heaven is going to be like, at least in my idea from what I pick up from scriptures next week. And let me tell you something. It's anything but boring. It's going to be the best thing you've ever experienced. It's going to be better than you could ever possibly imagine. But that whole idea of it's about Jesus and it's, it's about giving God the glory and it's centered around him, that, that sounds boring. But, but let me paint you a picture for just a minute. When you read through that New Testament and you look at the story of Jesus, every time he comes into contact with a disciple, somebody who's curious about them, what does he do? He, he drops them an invitation. He says, come and follow me. Come and follow me. Come and follow me whether it was Matthew, whether it was Peter, whether it was James. Where are you going? Well, come and see. If you want to find out, come and see. And here's what's so interesting, and sometimes we forget this. All of these, especially the 12, but it went even beyond the 12, all of these men and women, they all had families. They all had jobs. They, some of them, we believe they had kids I mean, they had things that they were passionate about. They had things that they were involved in, things they were, they, were, they were wrapped up in. But for some reason, they left their families, they left their jobs, they quit their passions, they packed up, and they traveled with this complete stranger. What in the world do you think made them want to do that? What do you think drove them to that decision to, to leave their spouse behind, leave their family behind, leave their job behind, and to just put their lives in the hands of this carpenter man that was in his 30s? Here's the thing. You've got to understand this. You've got to think about this. Here's the only explanation is that Jesus was so good, he was worth leaving everything behind. That's the only explanation that it could be. That Jesus was so good. There was something that made them feel so safe, made them feel so secure, made them feel so good that they thought, he is so interesting and good that, that I'm gonna leave everything just to follow him, just to be in his presence, just to be around him. And here's the thing. That was in his earthly form. That was him as a 30-year-old 30, 30 carpenter. So how much better, how much more good do you think that Jesus is going to be in heaven? 
How good do you think that God is possibly going to be when it's God on his throne in all of his glory? I mean, you don't got to worry about this being interesting. You don't got to worry about this being good. If Jesus was that good on earth, just imagine how good it's going to be to be in the presence of God. I think he's going to be so good that a lot of those things we're concerned about, a lot of those people we're going to worry about. We're not going to be so worried about because in the same way that people left their families before i think we're going to go well, i just i'm so engrossed in him this is what i want most this is what i need most in my life so paul paints this picture and he goes man if you call yourself a follower of jesus you need to set your minds on heaven. because it, Why? Because that's, that's where Christ is. That's where Jesus is, seated right there at the right hand of God, and he's there too. And this is, this is good news for you. And then he paints us a picture. And he, he kind of paints them a scenario, and he goes, here's the thing, guys. So you, you've got, you got two options here. This should cause you to do something. And you got two options. You got option one and option two. And you need to, do, in this time on earth, you need to choose wisely. And this is what he says. He goes, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. There could almost be a, an or in there, Right? It's like set your mind on things above or on earthly things. It's one or the other. You can't have both. A lot of times we, we, like, to, we like to have both. We want both. But, but he says uh, you can't have both. It's this or the other. Set your mind on this or not on this. These are your options. Set your mind on heaven or set your mind on earthly things. Now, here's how I like to think about this. What, what does it look like to set your mind on earthly things? I, you ever hear somebody say, or almost think of their time as earth as like it's, it's running out, you know? Like I only got so much time. I, I gotta do this now because I might not get to do it later. I gotta go, I gotta go do this. I gotta, I gotta go experience this. I gotta go see this because I'm running out of time. I wanna see it before I die is what people say. Or I wanna experience it before I die. And I get that. Man, I've got places that I would love to see one day. I've got things I would love to do one day. I would love, I would love to see Ireland. You know, I, I would love, I would love to see Ireland one day. I would love to drink coffee in Paris. I just think that that would be a ball. I think that that would be a good time. But you know what? I've kind of told myself that that's probably not going to happen. That that's probably not going to happen in my lifetime. I'm probably not going to get to go over there and see those things. I'm not going to get to see the world or experience certain parts of the world. It's just probably not going to happen in this lifetime. Why? Well, because, uh, number one, I, I don't see myself ever being able to really uh, escape or get away that long to be able to do it. I'm probably not ever going to be able to afford to do it. Now, here's the thing, though. I, I, could, I could make it happen. Like, I could force it to happen. But if I forced it to happen, I would have to leave this place for some time. I mean, I could force it to happen, but, I mean, we, we tithe like 15% of our income. I mean, I could definitely afford it, but I would have to quit being generous 
to the church and the mission of the church and what we're doing here, but I'm not gonna do that. Because see, here's my thing, is I'm kingdom focused right now. For me, I'm focused on building the kingdom of God. I'm, I'm focused on fulfilling the mission. Because to me, that's important for me and my preparation for heaven. And here's the thing, here's what I've kind of settled on or believed, and we're gonna talk about this in the next few weeks, is that I'm not so much worried about what I get to experience here on this earth, or even the experience of my children. You know why? Because I think that some of that stuff that I want to experience, I'm gonna get to experience in heaven. That when I get to heaven, I'm gonna get to see those things that I've always wanted to see. When I get to heaven, some of those things I've always wanted to do, I'm gonna get to do, or God's gonna have a better alternative to it. And see, when, we, when we're earthly minded, we're always like, I gotta do it because I only have so much time on this earth. I gotta do it because I only have so many opportunities. My time is running out. I'm getting older. Time is going away. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. And we're so focused on what I'm gonna get to do in this lifetime. But when I'm focused on heaven, when I'm focused on eternity, when I'm focused on things above, what I'm doing is I'm not so much focused on what I can cram into or what I can get done on this earth. I'm more focused on I only have so much time to prepare for heaven now. I've got to use this time wisely to prepare for heaven so that I can spend eternity getting to do these things that God has prepared for me. Let me put it this way for you. You can either think of one of two ways. I have a limited amount of time to experience earth or I have a limited amount of time to prepare for heaven. Do you understand how different those two things are? Do you understand how much of a game changer this is? Because here's the thing, if you focus on I have a limited amount of time to experience earth, You'll live, your, you'll live your life completely differently. You'll spend your money completely differently because you'll spend tens of thousands of dollars on things that will just go away, on things that will become a photo to put on social media that will never completely fill you up. You'll, you'll spend your time parenting. Parents, this is a huge one. This is a huge one, parents. You can either parent like you have a limited amount of time to experience earth or you will parent like I have a limited amount of time to prepare my kids for heaven. If you parent focused on earthly things, I know exactly what you'll do because I see it all the time and I'm tempted to do it all the time myself, is you'll live your life going, well, I just want my kids to be happy. Well, I just want my kids to get to experience this. And I get that, and I understand that. But here's the thing, a lot of times, it's a, it's a, it's a if, it's a if or. And it's the thing is, if you try to give your kids a great experience on earth, but you don't spend that time preparing them for heaven, something's gotta give. Parents, we've gotta take this time, and yeah, it's really, really important. We've gotta spend this time preparing our kids for heaven. And so for me, this is just me, okay? You, you live your life, you do what you need to do. For me and my house, we're preparing for heaven. We're gonna miss out on things. We're not gonna go on the best vacations. 
We're not going to get to do some of the things that, 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 that other people get to do. But for me, it's important that, that I take my resources, I take what God has given me, and I use it to grow the kingdom. That I show God that I am a good steward of the things that he has blessed me with. When it comes to me and my kids, man, it's important to me. It matters to me. Even if we are out of town, that each and every week that we get to, the times that we get to, to worship, that we get to pray, that we get to learn about God, I take those opportunities. I make sure my kids are there. Why? Because I have a limited amount of time. We always talk about this in our orange. 936 weeks. You get 936 weeks to make an impact on your kids before they're 18 and they, it's, it's up to them and they're an adult. I've got 936 weeks to prepare my kids on their faith journey and then it's up to them and then I probably will lose some of my influence and I don't get to decide where they go on weekends and I don't get to decide how they spend their Sunday mornings or their Saturday nights or their Friday nights. I got 936 weeks to prepare my kids for heaven. And every opportunity that I get to either pray with them or to take them to church or to sing a worship song with them in the car, I will take every single moment I get because it's valuable. And I know I have a limited amount of time, a limited amount of time to prepare them for heaven. And I care more about their eternity than I care about what they get to experience on this short time on earth. Now, that's me. That may not be you, but that's me. That's what I'm focused on. And let me ask you, what are you focused on? When it comes to you and your family and your finances and your schedule and what you're involved in and what you give your energy to, let me ask you this. Is your mind set toward heaven or is your mind focused on earth? Is your mind set towards heaven and eternity or is it set toward earth? Which one is it? Because here's what I want to promise you. This is kind of a, a Cliff Notes version of this, this whole series here. Is when you look at the scripture, when you look at what Jesus said and when you look at the, the revelations that God gave to his followers, here's what we're promised a resurrected life in a resurrected body with a resurrected Christ on a resurrected earth. This is what we get. This is what God is preparing for us in the future right now. A resurrected life in a resurrected body with a resurrected Christ on a resurrected earth. But here's the thing. You have this much time to prepare for that. You have this much time to prepare your family, to prepare your friends, to prepare the people who you want to be there. You have a limited amount of time to prepare them for it. And here's the thing. I, I, I'm not going to get doom and gloom in this series, okay? I don't want to be doom and gloom. You know I don't like doom and gloom, but this is just the truth. So I'm just going to say the truth because you got to hear the truth, is that you take that survey at the very beginning of today's message, most Americans believe in heaven and most of them think they are going there. But here's the thing, is if you don't live toward heaven, you may not be there. And here's the thing, and we'll talk about this on week three. Right now, it looks like there's a lot of people who believe in it and there's a lot of people who think they're going there. But when Jesus talked about heaven, 
he talked about how narrow the gate was gonna be. When Jesus talked about heaven, he talked about how hard it would be for the rich to enter into the kingdom of God. And as Americans, whether you're, whether you're hurting right now or not, it doesn't really matter, but as an American, statistically, you are rich. And so when Jesus is talking about the rich, Jesus is talking about us. And Jesus is talking about our finances and what we're living towards. When Jesus talked about the narrow gate and when he talked about the lukewarm, he was talking about the people who are trying to live both earthly and heaven-minded. And Jesus said, it's the lukewarm who won't make it. When he talked about separating the sheeps, he talked about those who when Jesus said, send me, just like CJ sang this morning, said, here I am, Lord, send me. But there will be those sheep who were like, wait a minute, what did I miss out on? And Jesus will say, I tried to send you and you told me I'm busy. Here's the thing, and I'm not trying to get doom and gloom, I'm just trying to tell you the truth. Is that the truth is, is we have to live toward heaven or we won't get to experience it. So, what are you living toward? Are you earth-minded? Are you in this lifetime-minded? Or are you living towards heaven? That's up to you to answer. That's up to you to decide. That's up to you to decide where those lines need to be drawn, how those boundaries need to be made. But here's the thing. As your pastor, as your friend, as someone who loves you so, so much, I want to be the first person to hug you when you enter through those gates. And I don't ever, ever, ever want you, when you meet your maker and you have that judgment day, I don't want ever God to say something to you and go, well, I never heard that. All my, all my, pastor, preach, you know, all my pastor preached about was this. I have to be honest with you. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. I'm just trying to be honest with you because I need you to know because it's that important because we have such a limited time. So my prayer for you would be that you would live toward heaven. Set your mind on heaven. And you know what, here's the thing, right now today, there are things you could start to do to live toward heaven. And you already know what those things are. As I've been talking, you've already kind of felt that thing churning in your stomach and you've thought, oh my gosh, I know exactly what he's talking about. I feel like this message is for me. He's talking about us. I'm not, I promise, I'm not stalking you. That's just the spirit. That's God in your heart. It's that ought to inside of you going, you know what he's talking about. You know I've been whispering this to you. Take your mind off this earth and use your time to prepare for what I am trying to do for you in heaven. Let me pray for you this morning. Father God, Father God, you know each of our hearts. You know each of our lives. You know how I live my life. You know how I think. You know how I believe. Father God, will you help me to live toward heaven? Father God, would you help me to understand just how good of a God you are that you are preparing a place for me. 
Would you help me to set my eyes on that? Would you help me to prepare for it? God, I don't have to earn it. I don't earn heaven, but I have to prepare, prepare for it. You've already given, you've already punched my ticket. Salvation is mine by your grace because of what your son did on the cross for me. I don't have to earn it, but I have to prepare for it. So will you help me, God, to live toward heaven and prepare for it, Lord, so that I may experience it in all of its glory, so that I may get to experience it with my family, with my friends, with my spouse, with my parents, with my kids, with my church family. God, would you help me to live toward that God? Because I know that what you have for me is good. God, that's my prayer. Will you tend the garden how you see fit? Will you prune what needs to be pruned? Will you help me to abide in what do I need to abide? Will you help me to give up what I need to give up? What I need to surrender, what I'll surrender it. Whatever it may be that you need to do in me, God, here I am, Lord. Send me. Do it in me. Make it happen in me. Because you're, by your power, anything is possible, God. God, we love you. We pray these things in your name. Will you stand with us this morning as we close in worship?